about you, man? You got some little mix waiting for you on the other side of tomorrow. Me? Uh, I've barely even had a girlfriend. I was really hoping I'd get laid when this movie came out, but that's not gonna happen. About you, Master Blaster. You got a certain something you're trying to get with back in the state. What, Al Pacino? He's like 10 girls deep 24-7. Oh, you missing me, man. I'm talking about something special, big difference. How about it? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Well, what's the skinny? You all been on a date or what? No. I mean, I always wanted to, but I guess I just never had the, the courage to ask. It's, it's complicated. No. It's simple as pie, man. You plant your feet in the ground, you look square in the eyes, and you say, hey, baby, you and me's going on a date. That's in the story. What's the name? Lance. Listen here, Lance. Lance. What the fuck did I just hear, Lance? Did you say Lance? No. That sounded like Lance. No, I said Nance. That's what I said, Nance. It sounded like Lance. Look, I'm Al Pacino, okay? I love the pussy, aight? Lay your ass back down and look at the stars. When you wrote I Love the Pussy, was you thinking of dangling your dice on Lance's forehead? Hello and welcome to this edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. I am Jeremy Fisk, and I am joined by Lee Carlo and Chapin Hemingway. Today we are going to be talking about the 2008 comedy written, directed by Ben Stiller. Tropic co-written yes but just it'll take too long we'll get to all the writers tropic thunder so guys um we don't because of our sort of highbrow intellect we don't do a lot of uh (laughs) comedies on the get your film fix podcast we leave the those for others um so i really don't know like when you're watching a comedy what the lens is you're watching it through are you looking for laughs are you looking still for just overall filmmaking and story how do you balance that and where does tropic thunder fit in for you in your own evaluation of comedies i think at the very least you want to laugh right like you want some escapism you want to have a good time um and for me um, Tropic Thunder definitely accomplished that. I think it's very funny. Uh, it's 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 kind of fun to watch. It's big budget. There's explosions. Are you looking um, forward to elevate past the laughs, though? I guess for a good comedy, yes. is that what well, that was like, that really... was going to be my next my next my next point was that I okay. think um, I think when a, a a comedy is truly great, a great film, it it does what every other film does. It it makes you think it makes you consider yourself it makes you maybe think about the world a little differently and you know i think of movies like we have done on this podcast before high fidelity um i think of a movie like swingers which is close to our hearts but we haven't had a chance to review it yet those movies that um just sort of touch you and comment uh, and 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 you know kind of say some have something to say uh, like when they touch when, you. I like it when they touch me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that Tropic Thunder did that. And I found myself, despite enjoying it a lot, a little disappointed because I think there's a lot to comment on. And I feel like Stiller is set up to have this movie be like a commentary on 
Hollywood in 2008. Um, but I don't think it does. It, it, in the same way that, like, I think Zoolander probably had a lot of opportunity to, um, you know, lampoon the fashion industry, which I think it does, but it doesn't. I don't think it's commenting on. I don't think it's saying anything. It's not taking a position on comedy or on fashion. And I don't think Tropic Thunder is really taking a position on filmmaking. So it's just using it as a tablet for, for goofs and laughs, which is great. But I think that sort of limits at least how great a movie can be. A comedy. So, so Chapin, you decided, um, you, you were the one who recommended us, um, watching this. When, was it because you haven't seen it in forever and you wanted to revisit it just thinking it would be an interesting pod or what was the motivation? Well, I think one, I mean, I, Lee always talks about how we're getting older. Lee, look, look at us. Look at us. Lee, engage with us. Thank you. Oh, just, look who's talking. You're always staring at your other screens. I got my um, notes over here. Good, good, good. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the 20-year the, the anniversaries feel feel very, very far away. And this is the 15th anniversary of this film. And I think, I mean, I'm sort of doubling down on this point just to kind of, to make it um, interesting for the pod. But I do think this and the other movie I'm hoping to review from this year um, do mark a shift in, in comedy or at least, uh, or sorry, in film, or at least like a marker um, in a way that I think, uh, other years we haven't really had in the 20 year span. I think like this movie is, you know, new enough that we can still remember liking it and remember, you know, seeing it and how, uh, you know, culture kind of reacted to it. But at the same time, we can kind of look back and say, you know, where has this movie led? What is, where, where have comedies gone since this film? Yeah. And and it's also just like an outrageous movie that I think, um, you know, and, and this is probably an, an obvious point, but that would probably not be made in today's, you know, uber sensitive, woke, well, politically we'll get, correct. Well, we'll get to that. That's that's one of the first things that people talk about when they talk about Tropic Thunder is it might not be able to get made today. We'll get into that topic. And of course, I, you know, I love talking history of comedy and where comedy's gone and all this sort of stuff. And we'll get there. But Lee, I don't really know how you go into uh, comedies in general, comedy movies. Are you looking for them to elevate, or are you just looking to laugh? Um, I mean, I, I share most of the same thoughts as Chapin. I mean, I think I do. I do want to laugh, and like he did, I laughed at this movie. I'd like to even just talk about some of the scenes in this movie because it's it's one of those comedies that is fun to just sort of like pick up a scene and laugh at about that and there's even some brilliant like just little things in this that i like cackled at but for it to be more it needs to have have something to say and then when it comes to revisiting a comedy especially one like this like i'm also looking at like how the comedy holds up because we've talked a lot about how comedy has changed and you had like the american pies roll into the um apatow comedies and now we now you know we we joke that those aren't those aren't sick enough for jeremy so now he needs lanthimos and uh martin mcdonough so i'm i'm curious like how those that ages and you know to kind of add on to chapin's point about whether or not tropic thunder has anything to say and whether or not those things aged is like it didn't feel to me that 
it capitalized or embraced or even took seriously enough the opportunity to say something here. I think it was, it had that in its line of sight, like it was part of the plan, but something got in the way of it really being a big part of this movie. And as a result, it's, it's, you know, it's a movie I'll, I'll catch every now and then and laugh at. And it doesn't matter if I watch the whole thing. Like it's a, a bit of a laundry movie. Um, to borrow yeah. an old uh, get your film fix phrase. And I think that's because it doesn't quite elevate itself. Like it had, and it's a little disappointing because it had like ample opportunity to do so with the characters it created, the story it created. And even like, you can tell that it, that's what its objective was. Right. And you I think? thought, <clears throat> I, I think it's definitely trying to comment on, you know, stardom and Hollywood and like all that stuff. And it's, I just don't know that it does. Yeah. And to, I mean, we'll we'll definitely get into that. And to answer my own question, um, like I used to think I was a bit of a snob when it came to straight out comedies, but I I think it's less about that and more about how much I enjoy dramedies, for lack of a better war- word. Like sure. just, I just really get off on stuff that, like you mentioned, Lanthimos or McDonough, or like when, when you can be a little bit clever, a little bit emotional, and really funny. I just, I particularly just love that sort of genre. Um, but it, so, is that to you a comedy? Like if you, if I you look you, at. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like maybe not. I wouldn't classify them as straight comedies. But but I think because of them, because like my bigger laughs come from something like that or like a big Lebowski or something that it's not that I don't like these type of movies. I do. It's just harder for me to enjoy them on the level that they're being produced. And I think this movie is sort of on the high end of that level. Um, because I think it does have a lot of good jokes. It has a huge production value, which is part of the joke in this movie. Um, and, you know, it has phenomenal characters and it has things that you're kind of just like, wow, I can't believe they decided to do that. Um, so, overall, I, I really enjoyed the experience. But, again, like like Lee said, I think it's like one of those movies I'm not going to just be like, hey, I'm not going to get drunk and throw it on because I'm like, I just want to, I just need to watch Tropic Thunder. Oh, see, I think that's exactly when I'd watch it. Oh, see, for me, like, I'd, I'd rather throw on, like, a movie you don't even like, Lee, like Seven Psychopaths or something like that in yeah. the, those moments. Um so, but let's get into it. Um, Chapin, you already mentioned you don't think they can make this movie today. I, I think I disagree. I think I do too. And I think I, have, I disagree. I, I think obviously there's, there's the two aspects <clears throat> that would be really controversial today with the Robert Downey Jr. blackface and uh, the Ben Stiller uh, playing... A full retarded, retard. a full retard, if they say. <laughs> I think the full retard bit would be tougher to get away with now. I think they would have to do what they did with the blackface, which I think they dealt with a lot better. Yeah, they address it. They like... they address it in within the context of the the movie. Um, I think if they had done that with the the full retard, I think you can you can really kind of get away with anything as long as you're aware, as long as you're you're aware of the social. Um, 
fabric that you're poking holes in. Uh, and I don't think they were as aware with the full retard thing as they were with the blackface. I mean, I, I agree, Jeremy, that, like, I think that they could make this. Like, I had, obviously, this question comes right to mind. I think they could, re, could make this movie today. They absolutely will not. You know what I mean, though? Like, well, it's just, okay. Here's no one where wants I, to do that. Here's where I, di- I disagree with myself and agree with Chapin, is they wouldn't do it for... The, it, if we're talking about just content, they could do it. If we're talking about content and cost, they would never do this today yeah. because it's too risky of a cost. If you want to do this on, like, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, have at it. It's going to be, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? But if you want to put it into a big budget movie with giant explosions and giant movie stars, they're not going to do it. So in, well, for that black, reason, the blackface episodes agree with of Jason. Always Sunny in Philadelphia are not on Hulu. Right. But so Always Sunny technically can't even do it anymore. So, OK, I <laughs> I. Yeah, I mean, saying I saying you. OK, fuck it. Uh, what's interesting to me is that I actually, I actually do think the blackface is kind of racist. I just think it's really funny. Like it's, I think that the, 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 like, I think the idea that he is a, an actor doing a a character is pretty, is pretty funny, Uh, but it's also an excuse to sort of let them go places that they probably couldn't go. Um, and I mean, a lot of times they're, I mean, maybe he's lampooning a stereotype, but like, I just think he, like the moments I laugh at the most are his lines and like the, the, his little reactions. And, 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 and I, and I don't think I'm laughing at them because I'm like considering the depth of that character. It's because it's, it's a very sort of surface level comedy. I mean, to me, what's funny about him is that he, even after he realized, and he's the first character to realize this isn't, uh, this isn't a movie anymore, that this is real life, he still can't drop it, and they keep asking him why, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I um, thought that was funny. I also think, weirdly, and then maybe this is wrong, but if Brandon T. Jackson's character, if that had been played by a bigger star, I think it would be easier to get away with it. If Samuel Jackson was the other guy, I feel like everyone would be like playing oh. a, playing Al Pacino. Yeah, playing Al Pacino <laughs> or such you a know, brilliant name. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that was part of the issue. Is they're just like, well, see, we have a we have a black character that's fighting against it, which I think totally works. But also, this who's this actor? Like, right. You know, um, let's not forget that Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an Oscar for this performance. Amazing. I think he should. Amazing. I mean, I, I do too, but it's just like, performance. it's incredible. But I do think that that speaks to a little bit of what you were saying is that like, <clears throat> this movie figured out a way and people were ready to understand what it was trying to do with that move. And I think two things would happen today. One is there would be people who would just refuse to not understand what it was doing. But I think that filmmakers would feel so much pressure to make sure that it was understood that any subtlety, any nuance in it would be gone and it would it would hurt the movie. But I don't want to get too much into like 
whether or not that would work today or not. Um, well, I don't think we're ever going to have to find out. But, like, I... With the with the full retard scene, like, this, that scene when they're saying it over and over again, like, that, to me, was their effort to try to explain it. Like, the scenes... The problem was... I like Ben Stiller, but his... And I don't know if it's, like, his performance as a retarded person is supposed to be so bad or whatever. Like, it is, yeah, like, no, it is. <laughs> sh- like, shamelessly, offensively bad, which I know is intentional. But, like, I love the scene when Robert Downey Jr. is trying to tell him why he fucked up. And Ben Stiller is just like, yeah, you know, I was just really trying to, like, get into that character. And I, I, I thought I was actually retarded. And he's like, no, you've got this wrong. Like, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, um, it is interesting that Robert Downey Jr.'s character is the both the most extreme and the most down to earth. This whole movie, he's the one making the most logical sense, but he's also the one standing there in well, blackface. In blackface. Well, Jay Baruchel is uh, the true. straight man. That is true. Yes. Um, who's who's gone? Who has never gone full retard? He's gone. He's gone Lee, here's a funny story. Is Lee? Oh, people have definitely heard this. Used to think that uh, Jay Baruchel, Baruchel was mentally handicapped in real life because he had only seen him in two movies, which were almost, almost famous, famous and which he just million walks dollar down baby. the hall, and then Million Dollar Baby. Which, what was he? Just he was a little. He was, like, uh, he was a like, little boxing guy. Yeah, Inf- yeah. Infantile, maybe. Yeah, so you, retard, no. you 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 were convinced. I had to tell you, no, no, he's a, you know, he's a normie, um, and uh, and then I think it was like, I don't know what the movie was. Maybe it was Undeclared or something. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I finally saw him. In you that. were disappointed. Yeah, um, like, so, oh, this guy's really good. He's playing and playing somebody not retarded. Uh, any any surprises uh, on the cast? Um, on the casting or who popped up because I forgot McConaughey was in this I forgot um, who else did I forget was in it Um, Danny McBride was in it I mean there was definitely no surprises about who was in it but like there was some like reminders of how funny some people are in this like I think Danny McBride is so funny in this I think McConaughey is so funny in this like one of the little moments is (laughs) like everybody's going to talk about how good tom cruise is um in that scene when he's like screaming go fuck your own face but there's this one shot of mcconaughey's look on his face when he starts yelling at him and he's just like yeah (laughs) it's so good i laughed so hard (laughs) um but yeah he's so funny in this like i mean bill hader's got a couple really good one-liners yeah um and this is pretty early bill hader I thought Nick Nolte was pretty funny. Yeah, he oh, is right. too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about some scenes. Like, what what were some scenes that stuck out to you guys as just comedy gold? Anything? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, like to me, it was like these little moments within scenes. Like, there's a lot of scenes that are funny. Like, I loved, I love the scene when they're arguing over the map and they finally take the map away from from ben stiller and he's just like he's like i don't need a map he takes out the script he's like i know exactly where i'm going exterior <laughs> and then and Jungle then I love, alone yeah then i love he walks he goes in the river and puts his 
his rifle over his head yeah. so it doesn't get wet and the water's only like up to his knees. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's such a brilliant little piece. Yeah, I, I agree. I like those those smaller moments a lot more. Uh, all, all the little qu- Danny McBride quips whenever he got a moment to do it. Uh, you know, never gets old fart jokes. I, I laughed at the way Jack Black, here's another one. Jack Black just was like, they only, they only laugh at my farts. It's just so, <laughs> so mad. Funny. <laughs> so funny. I, I, it is, it's true. I love the little moments of this. Like, um, when, uh, Lee will appreciate this. When, when, when Tug when starts firing the M16 and he puts his hand out, like he's holding the, he's holding the rounds in like a belt, like he does not Rambo, <laughs> but there's no belt. <laughs> it's so good and then when he first gets to the village and the guy's like slapping him and then he goes just let me do the let me do the line again (laughs) yeah um do you think this movie suffered from uh over the topness a little bit like just i mean that's the brand right like that that is what this movie is doing and i think i was gonna ask you guys if, if 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 you guys have ever if there is a movie out there that is of this sort of level of outrageousness that does transcend the genre a little bit. Um, and we can, like, we can think about that a lot, but I think that's the whole, the whole gimmick here is that like everything I mean, I, is going <clears> to <throat> be, is going to be crazy and outrageous. And well, you, yeah, you get it right I, at the beginning when, <laughs> when McBride sets off the $4 million explosion and the cameras aren't rolling. Like, and he's just up there like, fuck yeah, hitting the, all the igniters. Like, that yeah. sets the table for how extravagant this movie is. I will say, it's it's only an hour and 47 minutes, and, like, there was a point where I'm like, God, this movie's long. It, and, well, I think part of that is subconsciously, you think, once you get into Nam, it's, you're, gonna, you're in for a three-hour movie. You're in for Apocalypse Now and Deer Hunter and Platoon. And I also like, think that, like, there is a aspect of this that's just like an SNL skit. Like, you know, you have Brandon T. Jackson is his name is Al Pacino. Like it's doesn't matter. It's just like a little gimmicky funny thing. And like, you know, you have all these scenes where like especially the beginning when you don't, you know, technically realize that they're filming something and you have um, Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. crying and stuff and then he's like okay hey can we cut and like you've got Jack Black hanging on the helicopter in the background and like it's all just like very like skit like and I think as a result of that once you're getting into like past 90 minutes you're starting to be like okay I get it let's let's wrap it up I don't I don't need this um, yeah I, th- I think it, it it's climax felt a little bit contrives the wrong word, but just like to add to your point, it, it felt like the wrapping up of the skit, like the moments along the way to get there were nice little funny moments, but then we're just kind of, and there's all these homages. Like there's the, obviously the platoon homages. There's the deer hunter scene. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's, it's me. Kirk, the Kirk, Raiders Kirk of the lost Ark, yeah. or, um, yeah. Raiders. Is it Raiders? Yes. Which one? What? <clears throat> When he's got the of he- the heroine about to go into the heroine, oh, yeah. literally doing the Harrison Ford um, hand. I do love that scene at the end though, when <laughs> Ben Stiller is like, "I'm staying. I have a son now." <laughs> he's like, "I was wrong," and the little kid's stabbing him. 
Um, I also love Chapin. You probably, I'm sure you appreciated this when they're just walking through the jungle and Jay Baruchel's talking about the difference between Blu-ray and HD DVD. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a time capsule. It was so funny. Yeah. And then he goes, and then, and then Robert Downey Jr. goes, "Were you talking to me though this whole time?" <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to hear him finish his conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie is supposed to be outrageous. And like, I think that is maybe, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, is that, does that get in the way of making any deeper point? Yes. I I think it definitely, I think it does too. Like it makes that point, right. That like Hollywood is outrageous and the people in it are outrageous, but we're blinded by that. We can't get to anything else. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of uh, an answer to Chapin's question of other movies uh, like this, of this ilk that I I really liked. And I mean, um, there's two that come to mind, uh, Dumb and Dumber and Happy Gilmore. I mean, there's like, obviously, like, this is not an Apatow movie, but like, I don't know, Pineapple Express is like super outrageous and but that's like my least favorite apatow movie you know but it's the same idea it's just like it's it's got a ton of laughs yeah it's that got ridiculous the, um, scenes <clears throat> what was it the kim jong in un movie oh um, yeah the interview the interview yeah. yeah which was a framed recently um so yeah i don't know i i wish i wish there was a way to do this and make this type of movie a little bit more, uh, I don't know, mem- not memorable, but just... I think you. T- I think if it's okay to be outrageous, I think if you take some of the silliness out, like, I get it, like, at this time period, 2008, the Jack Black character making, like, the Fats movies is kind of relevant right yeah, like we're i didn't have a problem with that it's, it's, a, it's a little it's a little dated even for 2008 like that right. was like a yeah that was late like 90s a, kind of thing i agree um and then like you know again i bring i come back to like the al pacino character and like his thing and like i don't know like some of the silliness that's there i think takes away from like this maybe the serious points that like stiller's character and robert downey jr's character are trying to make um and I don't know. I, you could argue even Cruz's character is like just a, like a a parody. I know, but it's such a good. It is. It's funny, uh, but like Jack Black is funny too. Like I, I think all of it's elevated. funny, but it's just silly. Um, it's funny. Think, Speaking of we, things that wouldn't happen now, is yeah, do Cruz you, doing that? That's what I was gonna ask. Do you think Cruz would do that today? I don't see why not. I mean. What is he just gonna do? Mission Impossible and Top Gun movies forever? Yes, I think so. I mean, it's possible. I, I mean, I, that's so I, disappointing. I would love to see, like, Cruz get back out awesome. of his com- comfort zone. I mean, we've always said like, there's no actor that's like used to be better at working with directors and just trying new directors. And he went through them all, and then maybe he's just felt like, all right, I did, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, yeah, and now it's just. So, Mission Impossible. I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about. Um, I, you know, in the office they say what sarcasm is the lowest form of wit or something or yeah, or, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do think in film like parody is the lowest form of, of wit, and I like it. But like if if you watch a movie like 
Naked Gun or yeah. like Airplane. Like those movies, they're just gags, and they're they're really really funny and really good at it. But those movies have nothing to say. Those they're movies just are, funny. are weirdly almost made for now. Like they're bit like you could take any bit and piece and then send that little bit and piece via Instagram or a meme or something, and it right. really yeah, works like, on on its own. Like like, when, like an like an airplane when they're like you know surely you can't yeah. be serious and he goes yeah don't call me Shirley and that kind of, like right. that kind of um and but and and I would say this this movie is not quite at that level. It's not quite that silly, but. When you like, I I do think the like Les Grossman character could have been a lot more biting and kind of and funny in a smart way if it wasn't such a broad character, right? Like if if it were actually based on like Scott Rudin or Harvey Weinstein and and really had some like specific details in there instead of him just being kind of an angry guy. And I think like what makes a lot of this movie funny is that he's got Cruz doing that part who you don't usually see. He's got De- Robert Downey Jr. Um, doing doing this outrageous character like i'm a, a, a typically dramatic actor you know playing this absolutely ridiculous version of of a, a method actor um and <clears throat> you know i i think that's like situationally funny but it doesn't cut at the kind of like deeper level that i think we're looking for and i'm thinking about i'm, I'm thinking about other comedies we like but like um I mean, I almost want to say that like uh, that Swingers has more to say about the film industry than this movie does, you know, yeah. like like on a different these, level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and it's, you know, these guys are are. Um, but Swingers know, trying... has, has stuff to say about the film industry and dating and also friendship. And you care about these people. And there's none of that really in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. The friendship aspects of this is so surface level, like you don't even care. By the end, like that um, Downey Jr. and Stiller become friends. So what? Are, so what are some other comedies around this time? Like uh, I think Super Bad was right around this time. That's a movie. I mean, I absolutely love. Step Brothers was this same summer, which I thought I think Step Brothers is very very funny. There's Step Brothers, um, which is also silly, but not quite in Bruges the same as this in bruges uh one was knocked up that yet knocked up was like the year before role models yep. was this year um so that was really that like that's kind of the like everything's a little bit i mean except for this movie they all have some apatow uh branches well in bruges doesn't but um in right, bruges doesn't well but Jay- that's like this is a good time for comedy even if all these movies aren't great it's a really good time yeah um forgetting sarah marshall was 2008 wow it's a really good time for comedy i mean i would love to be able to say that again zach and miri make a porno it's a good year for seth rogan guys (laughs) yeah um what 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 do you like why can't we have that again why can't we have ghost this many comedies in, in in a two three year span like what is it that's scaring people away from com doing comedies now is it just is it the you know being scared of the criticism or backlash if a joke doesn't land or is there something uh, else is it I box good, office is it what is why can't comedy writers are moving to tv um yeah i mean ben stiller himself like like if you look at 
I was I was trying to think about like what has Ben Stiller directed? He's done Reality Bites, Cable Guy, Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and then Zoolander Two. And then he's been pr- quite prolific on the. He's been I think he's got a lot of accolades. In fact, for his his television directing, he uh, he directed um, Severance. He's also the executive producer on that. Um, Escape from Danamora. Um, Heat Vision. I don't know what that is. Uh, but two, you know, two fair, fairly well-known shows. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So what? So why? Why? Nobody can really answer my question. I guess. Well, I said I, I think good. I think good comedy writers are working in TV. Um, I think he's a he's a guy that needs a big budget. It seems like like Zoolander two was like fifty five million dollars. Um. Well, that's part of it too. Nobody's spending this much money on comedies anymore. Not even Adam Sandler can get this much money, uh, or the amount I mean, he he's used just to get. Doing stuff on Netflix now, and like Netflix is churning out <laughs> comedies all the time, but they're shitty. Yeah, they're bad. Um. So yeah. I think it's a combination of like just looking at the who's making them and the way Netflix makes movies is like you're not going to get like a first rate comedy that often but i think with streaming it's actually a good time to like get some new talented comedic writers and directors in for movies but, not just television like yeah I agree. Have netflix just do one for you know make a super bad sized budget um you know i feel like you could, that's still possible well um, yeah why isn't seth rogan making comedies anymore uh i feel like he well, what's what's the last thing he did? Uh, this is the end. Is the last like movie comedy? They no. they they directed that, that or they wrote that that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that just came out. But yeah. you know, like Neighbors to the twenty sixteen. Like it has. It's been a while. Yeah, that's uh... Sausage Party. The interview. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, he's they not also he's haven't not been. A lot. Uh, they also haven't been as good as they used to be. Um, he is acting a lot, you know. I mean, obviously, he always has, but um, um, it's a great question I, because it's it's really is just it's a once you point it out, it's a big, it's a big um, question mark for like it, it's a big missing piece of films these days. I think let's look at the box office. Talk amongst yourselves, but. Well, what I wanted you, to ask um, you guys because yeah. I asked you, I asked you this a while ago. I forget what I watched, but it made me think of it. Like I've, I've always thought Ben Stiller is very funny. Um, I particularly like him in supporting roles in comedies. Like, I mean, whatever the things that come to mind immediately are TV shows, but Arrested Development and Undeclared. He's got small parts, and he's so super funny. I think he's really funny in Dodgeball. I think he's funny. He's got in a supporting hip, role in, in Happy Man. Uh, happy Gilmore yeah and he's really funny in that and like I do think he's funny in heavyweights I think he's funny in this like I, I really like him and you guys when I asked you how, what your thoughts on Ben Stiller were you were a little uh lukewarm on him yeah I don't really particularly find him that funny to be honest I think the 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 thing he there's two <clears throat> things that he's done that have made me somewhat laugh um and one is arrest development and two is him on I think it was extras where he's the director 
Oh, uh, yeah. And he, like, he's berates like, oh, this. You know, people, people watch it again because it's layered. Yeah. What the heck's, what movie is he talking about? Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But um, other than that, I mean, I, I appreciate the talent he can get around him, and I appreciate sort of his history in comedy meet the, but meet the I parents don't, too that's got to be his most famous movie Although i don't, I don't find him that anymore. funny to be honest right. B- break I mean, the yeah, tie chapin and, and often he's playing the straight man in those like in like in meet the parents the comedy is happening around him oh something about mary something about mary um and then like a lot of his like more recent roles like the kind of unremarkable movies he's he makes he's like the straight guy and a lot of these bad things are happening to him he's kind of like the sucker uh, but I want to get back to what I was saying. So I'm looking God, at the... Meet box- the Parents was made in 2000. Long time ago. Looking at this list of the, the top movies so far in 2023, and you have to go all the way down to 24 to find a legitimate comedy. And then you can make an argument that this isn't a legitimate comedy. In Cocaine Bear is the only comedy that I see on the top 25. Which was not funny. I don't. I didn't see it, but well, um, there's it- there's not a lot of comedy here i think it's a combination of they don't do that well at the box office which is fine i mean they're streaming now and there's just not many people making them so there's not as many of them to compete which you know is is uh dis- really disappointing but also you well whenever we do have a comedy come out you're always hearing people talk like every time i hear interviews it's like yeah finally we got a comedy that you could just go and, and laugh at the theater and then like i mean barbie's good. barbie is a comedy you think yeah it definitely is okay but then well, these movies turn out to be no good so um that's an interesting point jeremy i think it, it, it it's a little eye-opening in the sense that I, I, so specifically, I remember the summer of 2008 when um, uh, American Pie came out and everybody was talking about how outrageous it was and how and Wait, everybody was seeing it. And 98. I'm sorry. What did I say? 2008. Oh, no. 98. I was, like, dude, I was trying to figure yeah, no, that. No, 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 no. I was like, oh, we're not as old as we thought, guys. Hold on a second. Yes. <laughs> no, 98. And I, you know, and, and I just remember like. You know, it was a in the you know zeitgeist enough that like my dad knew about it, and for some reason it forbade me to see it, even though I had been you know seeing whatever movie I had wanted for the last two years. Um, Could but, it have been the webcamming a girl changing in your room and broadcasting it over the internet? It was that, yeah, yeah, the influence. <laughs> but um, it's like I don't want to learn how to do that. I I think comedies, the success of comedies are are really a lot built on word of mouth in a way that like, you know, nowadays these, you know, all, with all the superhero movies and, and, and sort of the sort of built in audience mechanisms that the studios have, you know, comedy doesn't quite work that way. Right. Like you, you, you really need to like hear from someone how funny it is. And we don't have, we don't really have that anymore in theatrical releases. anymore. there's just no like cultural, you know, monoculture anymore. There's no, there's nothing that like everybody goes and sees. I mean, maybe Barbie is the exception, but, um, well, everybody went and saw American pie and, uh, it was one of the worst viewing experiences of my life. Cause really? yeah, I, I saw it at the drive-ins. It was the second movie, I think. Nice. And it was only my mom and me. Oh, that's not good. And she pretend like she went to like ignore it. 
in the back seat and I'm sitting in the front seat, like watching it like quietly, like and at age fourteen. Uh, yeah, and like no six. Uh, you don't no. know. Six, uh, fifteen. At, fifteen. At the age where naked ladies, uh, ooh, gave you a, gave you an erection. Oh yeah, not like oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a very uncomfortable. Uh, not like movie now when moment. you have to fight for every single <laughs> for every one of inch. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so let's kind of reverse this discussion. Then, do you think Tropic Thunder had any impact? on the history of comedy or was it sort of a culmination of previous years and 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 we've never really seen anything like it since i think oddly and maybe this didn't feel like the case then but to me it feels like the case now kind of oddly neither feels kind of like a blip in oh the history i i don't of i don't I, I i disagree a little bit yeah i would disagree with that too i think it is is uh I don't know how much how much influence. I guess there's a difference here. I don't know how much influence it had moving forward, but I do think it had a mark on the history of comedy movies. Maybe. I don't. The interesting thing is that, like, I mean, the only way I can kind of like quantify that is like, I when I start thinking about comedies, at least I guess before we decided to do this podcast, I don't know that Tropic Thunder would come to mind very quickly. And movies, some of these other movies we've talked about, like the Superbads and like that the Apatow crew, and then you go back to American Pie and those movies, and then like the Farrelly Brothers movies, Dumb and Dumber and something about Mary, like those are all the things that start to come to mind. Then you go to like Stripes and Animal House and like Tropic Thunder doesn't feel like it has a place necessarily amongst all those. Well, I think part of that has to do with like in this movie characters are both trying to be funny and also are in situational comedy uh whatever scenes like so i feel like if you look at like i don't know the even the british office office like nobody's really trying to be funny we're laughing at them because they're they're situationally you know uh you know, embarrassing themselves or, I mean, obviously the American office, it's the same thing. There's varying degrees. Uh, same with there's Tropic Thunder, you know, there's the scene where after the director explodes and Ben Stiller grabs the head and he's like licking it and going, and he says to to Robert Kennedy Jr. I have a lot more experience on effects driven movies. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, in that scene, he's simultaneously being, Try acting funny, like bigger than life, and is in a situation that we can we can all look at and go, oh man, like that's crazy. So I think it it doesn't necessarily stick to one or the other, and I think that sometimes can be confusing okay. for audiences. I I do think this movie is influential in a lot of ways. I think like a movie like The Interview, which I think was sort of criminally underseen. Uh, because of what happened to it with North Korea. It just was not released, which is, in retrospect, is sort of crazy to see. But, like, um, uh, and, like, you know, 21 Jump Street, the, the Jump Street movies, I think those, like, sort of action-driven 
kind of spoofy action comedies um, are, are, are sort of emulating this film. You know, I think, um, I think definitely. Um, yeah, that could be true. I mean, all right, fine. Yeah. Well, whatever. I, well, I just don't know like what's a, I, I don't know that we have enough sample size of comedies since then to like definitively say that. I, I would, I would kind of agree with, with Chapin. I think like that, this is the end. Um, Pineapple Express all are working off of a little bit of what Tropic Thunder did. Hmm. Okay. And uh, uh, is Jay Baruchel in the interview? He might be. Because then he would be the only one connecting all those movies. But I don't know if he is. <clears throat> um, did you guys catch the quick little bit at the in the last scene when um, Tug wins the Oscar and John Voight says, I love Fuck. that. That's, just, that's so <laughs> he's, funny. He's so pissed. So funny. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like, those are the things I, I just laugh so hard at these, like, looks and little moments in this movie, like, we're, like we've been talking about. Um, you know, there's definitely some funny scenes that I think are, like, def- like rewatchable and made me laugh but it's it's these little moments within it it's like i said the look on mcconaughey's face when (laughs) when cruz is yelling at that guy is so good um all right well do we have any anything we're missing guys that you wanted to bring up with this film i mean we hit all the big points we talked about cruz we talked about we didn't uh, really no you want to talk about cruz a little bit more i do i i was a little I used to think that role was so funny. It, it did not do much for me on this go around. I, um, I had the same. I had the same feeling. And also, the makeup is so bad. And I feel like, well, you Stiller, know, what's weird. Is Stiller it, put together this movie, and every all the mise en scène in this is really, really well done. It's like everything looks very nice and realistic. And then there's there's just that scene, but, that makeup. And I think part of it is just that I just I wonder if they just had him for a day. And they had to like throw that makeup on, and yeah, I thought it was purposely over the top. But well, that was the thing that I struggled with, though, is because like it was it was good enough to look like they were trying to make it look good, but it was bad to suggest that they were going over the top. Like it wasn't either one; it wasn't fully over the top, and it wasn't fully convincing. And I got lost somewhere in the middle. But like, I agree, Chapin. Like it, that that wasn't as funny to me. Like his scene dancing at the end and stuff. Like that wasn't as funny to me as I remembered it being. No, but at that scene when he first starts dancing is hilarious, especially with Bill. Like Bill Hader is probably the funniest part of it. But just the, the way nutless, nutless monkey could do your job. Yeah, the way that once Tom. Cruz's character starts dancing. Bill Hader feels like he needs to, and he's just weirdly moving his hips right next to him. Um, I thought that was hilarious. But again, that's those little moments. Yeah, I mean, this is a funny movie. Like I said, like I, I, I it's, I don't, I can't envision myself like firing it up from the beginning. Definitely not ever renting it again. But if it's on, <laughs> like, if it's like on one of the free streaming services that I have. And like I'll I'll start it up and like watch some of it and piece it together over a few nights or something. Like it's just an easy watch. It's got a lot of funny scenes. It's got a lot of people in it that I like doing good work. 
So, yeah. All right. Um, well, there you have it for this edition of the Get Your Film Fixed podcast. Uh, as always, um, I'm Jeremy Fisk, Lee Carlo, Javen Hemingway, and tune in for next week, which is going to be something. Insert movie here. Actually, we do have something. I think I think we want to keep it a surprise, though, a little bit. Right? Yeah, a little tease, yeah. A little tease. I think it should be a surprise, because this one, oof. I think it's gonna blow some eardrums. Les Grossman. We not get money yet. Price now 100 million. You pay now, or tomorrow Simple Jack die. Great. Uh, let me get this down. 100 million. Oh, wait. I got a better idea. Instead of 100 million, how about I send you a hobo's dick cheese? Then you kill him. Do your thing. Skin the fucking bastard. Go to town, man. Go to town. No. In the meantime, and as usual, go fuck yourself. No. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, are you insane? I think I could have done that better. They're going to kill him.